This is Black Simba. This is the ninth um, podcast of the Scattered Hebrew series. Um, so for this podcast, we're going to be getting into the tribe of Reuben. And um, Reuben is a really interesting tribe. Um, it's the Reuben was the first son of Jacob. Um, the name Reuben literally means behold a son. The tribe of Reuben, um, if you've if you if you take a look uh, at each of the installments, um, whether you're listening to the podcast or you're reading online, um, each of them have a title picture. And for the House of Israel, as well as the House of Judah, um, because I was going over the kingdoms uh, for those um, specific podcasts or article, um, there are the tribes that are associated to that kingdom and then the name that they are known of today. So it's kind of a map. Um, but some may have noticed that, uh, there's two separate or two distinct locations for the tribe of Reuben. So they migrated into the Americas, but also they're split. And, uh, the rest of the tribe is in Australia and neighboring islands. So between Australia and the Americas, uh, it's like 8,700 miles. Um, so it's, that's pretty crazy. You know, how can that be accurate? Um, recent genetics has made an incredible discovery that there's a genetic relation to some Amazon tribes of South America. They have a genetic relation to Aboriginal Australians, as well as indigenous Papua New Guinea and Andaman Islanders. Um, Manasseh bin Israel wrote of an explorer that encountered the tribe in the Americas. So it says, One was to the effect that a Jew named Antonio de Montezinos, or Aaron Levi, had, while traveling in South America, met a race of savages in the Cordilleras who recited the Shema, practiced Jewish ceremonies, and were, in short, Israelites of the tribe of Reuben. Montezinos had related this story to Manasseh ben Israel, now the Shema, for those, um, if you're if you're not aware of that that term, um, it's the Hebrew fundamental credo of Judaism. Um, that piece uh, or that um, that passage is in Manasseh ben Israel Mishnah Cromwell, uh, which was written about mid 1600s. Um, Ronald Sanders also states about Montezinos, saying. They told him that they were themselves of the tribe of Reuben and that the tribe of Joseph lived on an island nearby. The day when they were at last to issue forth into the world was coming soon, they explained, but in the meantime they could not allow visitors to cross over to them. They were willing to make an exception in the near future, however, on account of their need for education, for though they spoke Hebrew, they could not read or write it. So that's Ronald Sanders' uh, Lost Tribes and Promised Lands. Um, page 364, 1978. So here we have Montezinos running into natives of the tribe of Reuben, of the tribe of Reuben. Um, he was in Quito at the time, which is in Ecuador on the tip of the South American Cordilleras. 
that's the backbone mountain region in the Americas. Ecuador is a northern coastal country in South America, not far from the Amazon in Brazil, where the Amazon tribes were found linked to the aboriginals of Australia. So, Manasseh ben Israel wrote about Montezinos running into Reubenites in the 1600s, and we have recent DNA within the 2000s, linking natives in the same vicinity of where those Reubenites were found in South America to aboriginal Australians. This also makes more sense of the skeletal remains of Native Americans found in Brazil that have skulls with Australasia features. It is also worth noting that the Reubenites that Montezinos ran into informed him of the half-tribes of Joseph. That is exceptional and super juicy, but we are not going to get into that right now. Um, <laughs> the the half-tribes of Joseph is Ephraim and Manasseh, and he... Uh, mentioned that even their locations and that he was aware of on nearby islands but um, that's for another podcast so um, I'll be coming out with another podcast that goes over the tribe of Joseph and we'll get into Ephraim and Manasseh so we're going to focus or continue focusing on Reuben for now Um, that's also a rare reference of recent Hebrews that actually were aware of their lineage in the 1600s or at least in South America. Jacob said of Reuben, this is Genesis 49 verse 3. He says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Dignity signifies a noble character which Reuben showed by holding true to their God, even when many of the rest of the scattered tribes by that time had long forgotten or lost their identity by the 1600s. The aboriginals in Australia also showed these attributes of honor by keeping extremely accurate oral histories in the world over some 300 generations. They were accurate enough to be used by researchers who used these oral histories to map out the ancient continent of Australia. Jacob continues in verse 4, saying, uh, Unstable is water, you shall not excel, because you went up to your father's bed. That's Genesis 49 verse 4. So it's interesting that Jacob still considers Reuben dignified, even after revealing in verse 4 that his son Reuben slept with his concubine. This is also why Reuben ends up losing the birthright as the firstborn and dealing with Jacob's curse uh, when he says, you shall not excel. It should also be noted that Reuben is the same brother that went back to get Joseph after they left him stranded in a ditch, um, which he intended to save his brother once they were alone. He also was the one who talked the brothers out of killing Joseph initially, and when they stood before Joseph in Egypt before they knew who he was, he accepted the accountability of his brothers as the firstborn. So we have a quite, we have quite a few instances in which we see a dignified Reuben. Here we have biblical proof that dignity is not synonymous with perfection and yet can still be realized. He calls Reuben unstable as water or unruly, and this is shown in their nomadic character with them literally stretching across the globe. Um, we talked about them in South America, um, but the Seminole natives, uh, which is what the tribe of Reuben is called once they migrate into the into North America, were actually known to live in the southeastern region of North America where Florida is today. Even the term uh Seminole means runaway or wild one, which was also very fitting since Florida, or Spanish Florida at that time, would become somewhat of a safe haven for slaves after 1693 um, during the Spanish and Britain tensions in the U.S. 
So the Seminole natives were openly embracing the enslaved Hebrews, um, the, uh, the house of Judah, and inviting them to live in Florida free and even giving their daughters to marry. Virginia passed two acts in 1682 that combined Native Americans and Africans that we now know were Hebrews. Um, I went over that in the House of Judah uh, podcast, so if you haven't listened to that, you can um, check that one out sometime. Um, But they were combining the Native Americans and the Negroes into one category, thereby punishing the Hebrew natives for encouraging unity with Hebrew Negroes in America and attempting to discourage them from uniting. The Seminoles showed their excellency of power or strength in battle. There were the fierce Seminole Wars, but they also participated in some slave revolts, fighting alongside their enslaved Hebrew brethren. They were absolutely unrelenting and could not be bought. They are considered by some to be the only native tribe that never signed a peace treaty with the U.S. Aboriginal Australians also upheld a dignified code of honor amongst themselves. And for both of these groups of Reubenites, it proved to be uh, very costly, and their numbers diminished considerably throughout history. The Aborigine Holocaust of Australia was catastrophic to the indigenous of the land. Between disease, war, starvation, conscious policies of kidnapping, and uh, re-education of native children, the Australian region's indigenous population declined from well over a million in 1788 to just a few thousand by the the early 20th century. Charles Darwin recognized this pattern of atrocity and had this to say about what he saw there in uh, Australia while he's visiting. He says, wherever the European has trod, death seems to pursue the aboriginal. We may look to the wide extent of the Americas, Polynesia, the Cape of Good Hope, and Australia, and we find the same result. And that's Charles Darwin. Um, He was visiting Australia in 1836. Note the relation between the places he mentioned. These places where the Gentiles colonized are where large sections of Hebrews live today and that I spoke about in um, previous uh, podcasts. Many, if not all, are still living in oppression in these areas. And this is also consistent with what Moses prophesied of Reuben before he died. He said, let the tribe of Reuben live and not die out, though they are few in number. That's Deuteronomy 33 verse 6. In 2008, Prime Minister Kevin Rudd apologized in Parliament to Aborigines and specifically for the quote-unquote stolen generations, the indigenous children that were ripped from their families for forced assimilation. That sounds familiar. Thousands of Aboriginal children were taken from their parents in similar fashion that happened with the Native Americans. In in America, the slogan was, um, quote, kill the Indian, save the man. And this lasted from the 19th century into the late 1960s. All these tactics of the Gentiles are familiar among the rest of the dispersed Hebrews, as I've gone into. And um, these these atrocities match the curses of the Hebrews written in ancient Jewish writings. Isaiah also mentions that Hebrews would be dispersed in southern regions of the world. So this is Isaiah 49 verse 12. It says, Behold, these these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinem. So, where is Sinem? And notice he also um, isolates it in uh, in the statement, and these from the land of Sinem. It, it's not north or west. 
because uh, those those directions are already singled out in the statement. Uh, that leaves east or south. The Latin Vulgate translation renders this passage as such, and I have the entire passage, but I don't speak Latin, so I'm just going to give you the 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 last two uh, the last two words. So the last two words. This term is terra australi. So that's the translation of senum, terra australi, which is Latin for land of the south. And notice the word australi is similar to the word Australia. And Australia is also associated with South, um, with its, its nickname, uh, the land down under. Ancient Egyptians had a term for this land also. They called it Sinwar, which is noticeably um, relative to Sinim. It was expressed that the Hebrews would be dispersed even to the ends of the earth. Uh, this is Isaiah 43, verse 6. It says, I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. And here in Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 31, uh, 7, 8, it says, Save your people, O Yah, the remnant of Israel, for I will bring them from the north and from the distant corners of the earth. Australasia, which is uh, Australia, New Zealand, neighboring islands, that's about as ends of the earth as you can get. Yeah, 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 yeah.